0: Play me Hotman! My name's Pauline, and I'm the host of Hello, Podcast Here, and Avatar Podcast Party. Each week, I'll talk about an episode of Avatar, The Last Airbender, including a recap, things I noticed, and anything else. So, crack open some cactus juice and let's get started. Hello! Welcome to the fourth episode of Hello, Podcast Here, and Avatar Podcast Party. I'm your host Pauline. Hello. <laughs> for those of you that are new to the podcast, hello and welcome. And for those that are returning, welcome back. How is everyone's week, everybody? It's almost been a month since I started this. I throw a party. <laughs> so yeah, how was everyone's week? I would love to hear about it. I have a Twitter now. Someone asked if I had one. I made one. It's not perfect. <laughs> The reason being is because my usual handle, uh, Hello Podcast Here, is too long for a Twitter name. So I had to go with Atla Podcast. So it's A-T-L-A Podcast, which obviously stands for Avatar The Last Airbender. So I have a Twitter. Follow me on there if you would like. I am equally active on both Twitter and Instagram, so feel free to contact me through there. There's always my email, so hello, podcast here at gmail.com. If you want to email any questions, any YouTube videos that you think would be helpful, um, Katie, hi Katie, if you're listening, sent me a video about Grand Grand because, in I guess it was either the first or second episode, I talked a little bit about how we don't really know much about Grand Grand. Oh my god, Grand Grand, <laughs> and she sent me a really helpful video on her. So she is. Katara and Sokka's father's mom. So that is the relationship there. That is their paternal grandmother. So I will tweet it on my Twitter for those of you to look at it. If there's any like other YouTube videos that I watch in preparation or any other links that I use to prep for, for these podcasts, I'll also post them on, on Twitter as well. Instagram isn't the best with linking things under photos. Obviously, you can put links in in your bio and whatnot. So I'll just do it on on Twitter just to make it easier. But anyways, my week was, was awesome. Last week, I was able to join the Avatar watch party on Twitch with Honor Society. So that was really fun. So what I did is that I... I donated to Dante Bosco's, uh, charity. It's Fire Nation for the Frontline. So they're donating proceeds to, um, uh, COVID-19 frontline workers, which is awesome. Their goal was to raise 10000 and they, they raised it last Friday, which is awesome. So for those of you that don't know what Honor Society is, so it's, um, An account run by Dante, it's also run by Bridget, his friends Bridget and Justin. So they were on the podcast as well, they're awesome, so go check them out. They also had some of the voice actors on the show too. So this week I was able to talk to Jack DeSena, who plays Sokka. He also plays Callum on The Dragon Prince. I was so nervous to talk to him because... I, I was a huge fan of all that as a kid, so and he was on that um, during the second reprisal. No, the first reprisal of it, so in, in the year 2000, so that's when he joined. They also had Olivia Hack on it, who plays Ty Lee. She also plays Rhonda and Hey Arnold, which is really cool, because I also love Hey Arnold. And they also had Giancarlo Volpe, so he's the director, or one of the directors of, of Avatar. So really cool to talk to him. It was awesome. So I know some of my new listeners found me from from the Twitch and from the live stream. So from the Twitch, I sound so nerdy. From Twitch and from the live stream. So welcome and thanks for uh, finding me and and you know subscribing and and listening to my podcast. So, but yeah, and I just want to say thank you to everyone in general. The engagement again has been awesome. You know Instagram's been lit. It's it's been. Great. It you know, again, I just made the Twitter, so you can engage with me on there. So always feel free to reach out, you know, message me. My DMs are always open. Um I made a new album art, I guess is what it's called for my my podcast. So I drew Zuko when he says hello, Zuko here with a speech bubble and everything with the avatar font. So I I didn't like my old logo, so... Or my old album art, so I figured I would change it. Um, I I didn't want to use an actual photo of Zuko because I don't own the rights to him. I don't want to get sued. That's like my big thing for this podcast is not to get sued. So I instead just drew him. And I... Yeah. And I've never drew... Draw... I have never drawn a person before... I'm not very good at drawing but I drew it on procreate so it's not technically like you know hand like pen on paper type of drawing but I think I did an okay job uh what I really enjoyed it (laughs) it took a long time because I'm a slight perfectionist but I think what I'll do is I'll I'll draw the rest of the the gang in that same style So, take a look at at it. If you think it's cool, let me know. If you don't, also let me know. Always open to to hear all opinions. So, well, that was my week. Again, let me know how your week was. I'd love to hear about it, but let's get into the episode. Okay, book one, chapter four, The Warriors of Kyoshi. This chapter is written by Nick Malice and is directed by Giancarlo Volpe. It first aired on March fourth, two 2005, and was drawn by J.M. Animation. Going into a summary here. So Aang, Katara, and Sokka go to Kyoshi Island to ride Elephant Koi when they're attacked by the Unagi and captured by the Kyoshi Warriors. Aang tells the village that he's the reincarnation of Avatar Kyoshi, the island's namesake, and they treat him like a king. Sokka puts aside his sexist attitude and learns how to fight, from Suki, the Kiyoshi warrior leader. Zuko finds out that they're here and attacks, burning the village down. Aang takes control of the Yunagi to put out the fire and flees on Appa, therefore leaving Zuko empty-handed. Okay, so I thought I would start off the episode by sharing some fun facts. So Three facts. The first one is that this is the first time that the gang goes to the Earth Kingdom, which is really exciting. We haven't been to the Earth Kingdom yet. Obviously, it plays a really big part in the series. Um, it's, you know, Kyoshi Island, as we'll learn it's its name, it's still close to the South Pole, but it is considered Earth Kingdom. So, although the weather is completely different from... The rest of of the kingdom, but second fun fact is that this is Giancarlo's first time directing an episode of Avatar, so he goes on to direct nineteen episodes total, which is fantastic. Um, he's great. A lot of his episodes are fan favorites. He also directed the infamous The Great Divide, which I personally believe is is still a good episode. We'll get to that, um, in a few. (laughs) And then the last fun fact I have is that this is the first time we meet Suki. And the first time we really meet another female character besides Gran Gran, um, and Katara. But she plays a huge part, as we'll see, um you know, in this episode, in future episodes, and obviously at the the finale. So, great. So let's get into the episode. We start out with the Fire Nation ship, specifically Zuko's. We're in his chambers and he's meditating. He is obviously trying to keep calm and keep his temper low, especially when Uncle Iroh walks in And gives him the news uh, that they can't locate the Avatar. So, he clearly loses that temper. He loses his cool. And his fire gets bigger and stronger. And this is not the only time that we we see him do this. Where he controls the fire around him and it changes based off his mood. So, I just... I love how they... (laughs) I love how he says that the avatar is a master of maneuvering when ang lily has literally has no idea how to read a map. It's so funny. But to kind of go into Zuko's chamber a little bit. So you you see you know some parts of it, but there's Fire Nation banners, there's two wooden sculptures on both sides of the room and obviously he has his dragon like mask thing definitely not a mask is huge but he has that dragon thing on the wall he has um like a table with four candles on it and then he is sitting on a bench in front of it so but my question for listeners out there does anybody meditate does anyone do some form of of meditation or use one of those like apps those meditating apps I know calm is one of them I've personally wanted to try meditating for a while now just to keep, you know, my mind and my body at peace. But, because I just, I feel like I'm going a million miles a minute and can never truly feel relaxed. Let me know if you guys practice any types of of meditation. So, now going over to Aang. So, they're flying towards some island. uh, And he asks Momo to fetch marbles within his robes which is awesome because like I mentioned in a previous episode or in the last one that uh, lemurs are supposed to fetch things for the air nomads so here is Momo fetching marbles which is great somehow and just ha- happens to have marbles in his robes and throughout the show you'll see characters pull things out of their robes a lot and my question is like where? Where is this coming from? Do they have, like, secret pockets in there? Do they have that enchantment, like, Hermione, where, you know, her purse was, like, endless? There was so much room in it? Like, I don't know. That would be really cool to see how they're fitting stuff in there. I know when we go to the Siwang Desert and they go to the library, Ang happens to have that piece of parchment that use a, a poster of him just magically in his robe so I I don't know but <laughs> anyways Katara is not paying attention she's not impressed with what Aang is doing and he gets all bummed out but then Sokka Sokka sexism this is what I've been I've been calling it so this episode addresses his sexism a lot So here he gives a snarky remark about girls sewing and how men fight and hunt and do all of that stuff. So this clearly pisses Katara off. She throws back his hold pants at him and he's left saying that he's sorry just so that she could finish sewing back his pants. But my question is, how did he rip his pants Like, why are they ripped? Do we even want to know why they're ripped? Who knows? But what's funny is that Aang says he doesn't have to wear pants where they're going, which clearly foreshadows what Sokka's getup is later, so. Here they are, they get to Kiyoshi Island. From an aerial view, you see that there's a lot of hills and mountains, there's a a U-shaped bay in a later episode called avatar day we'll talk about how this island was created so but they're here specifically for the elephant koi that ang wants to ride and they are huge hence the name elephant um so ang wants to ride them and this is something that they talked about or they ang brought this up at the end of episode two where they're talking about their plans and they're like well, well you have to master all four elements so he then says great well while we're doing that i want to go here where i can do this i want to go here and then he also says i want to go here where i can ride the elephant koi so this is one of the stops so he goes to ride the elephant koi it's going really really fast momo <laughs> it was so cute Momo's jumping up and down standing next to Katara and Sokka so that Aang can see him from all the way out into the ocean but unfortunately Appa scurries off to eat something I don't know what he's eating clearly it's not supposed to be chewed on and Katara runs away to to try and stop him so I mean the main reason why Aang is doing this is so that he can impress Katara and he did for a little bit I mean she says that oh he doesn't he look great out there but then she gets distracted so and then Aang gets sad Every time I see Koi, I don't know why, I just, I always think of The Office where Michael Scott falls into the Koi pond and then one of the the Koi fish dies and he has to pay like 200 some dollars for it. But besides Avatar, The Office is also one of my like all-time favorite shows. So anyways, going back to Avatar, <laughs> we then meet another creature called the unagi so the unagi a little bit of a background on it so it's Japanese for uh eel and it's a serpent like thing that freaks me the fuck out because I hate anything that slithers I don't like snakes I don't like lizards I don't like worms so these types of things just ugh they freak me out but it kind of reminds me of the basilisk in harry potter and the chamber of secrets but obviously like 10 times bigger and it lives in water so anyways this thing eats a lot of the elephant koi which is really impressive because the elephant koi are huge in comparison to aang so the he just looks like a tic tac compared to this unagi but (laughs) so aang spots it and he starts to run away he's running on water which is so cool but what's more impressive and hilarious is his face while he's running. It's so- f- it's hilarious. If you pause, I highly recommend looking back at it and, and pausing. It's, you know, it reminds me a lot of, you know, typical anime, but it's it's so funny. His face is just forever ingrained in my head, so. And then what happens is that he, you know, he makes it to shore, he makes it on the beach. But he runs, like, headfirst into Sokka. Like, poor Sokka. He's a punching bag for him and Katara. But my question, like, of all places to run and land on on the beach, like, I mean, like I said, it's a bay. If you look, there's a lot of room for him to land on. But he then just runs into to Sokka. Was he going for a hug? What was he? Like, Why? Who knows. But. So they're standing around. Aang is safe. And then we meet the these people that come out of the trees and capture them. They get blindfolded. Their hands are tied behind their back. Poor Momo gets put into a bag. This is the typical way of capturing Momo. You usually encase him um, from the tail all the way up to his, his neck. And tie him up like that. But. <laughs> so. Now they're tied up to this post, which just so happens to be the statue of Avatar Kiyoshi. So she is two avatars before Aang. So in between, so it's Kiyoshi, Roku, then Aang. But so their blindfolds are taken off. There are five girls standing there. So we're counting. I I will be counting how many Kyoshi warriors there are, um, but there are five. And then here comes Sokka sexism again. He's like, "Where are the men? Where are the men that that captured us and that he led?" Oh my god! The lead girl goes, "There were no men. It was us." And he's like, mm, "Okay, sure, but clearly it was it was them." So we meet this. This is the first time we meet the Kyoshi warriors. So a little bit about the Kyoshi Warriors, you can see here they have a very unique uh, uniform. So they wear armored green kimonos. They have, um, from what Suki says, and Suki is the lead girl here that we'll we'll meet in a few minutes, um, they have a golden insignia on their forearms to quote-unquote represent the honor of a warrior's heart. They have their their kimonos are are sewn with silk thread that symbolizes the brave blood that flows through her veins they also wear metal headbands it's like a green like a dark green headband with a golden circle but the lead girl suki has a different one so hers is gold and it has four prongs um sticking out on either side kind of like in a and there's a triangle but and then what's most distinct about them and one a question that i got um So they have a lot of makeup on. They wear white face makeup to intimidate their opponents. Um, I think it's waterproof. We do see Suki go into the water in a later episode with her makeup. So I I think it's waterproof. Maybe it's water resistant. Either way, that's really impressive. Um, Someone asked me my favorite part of the Kyoshi outfit. And it's definitely the makeup. Because just in general any girl that can do her makeup that well always impresses me, always intimidates me in a little bit <laughs> in a little way so their their makeup is is fantastic. I can't do makeup like I can do basic things like eyebrows, sometimes eyeliner, foundation, all that stuff, like the basic stuff. But I can't do anything as precise and as perfect as how they do it obviously I know that they're animations but so pretty impressive now on to the weapons that they have so they have metal fans they're gold they have katanas and then they have a retractable gold shield that somehow can um deflect bending which is pretty cool so we'll see that in a later episode, I think. But my question for listeners out there. What's your favorite part of the Kyoshi Warrior outfit? I think there's a lot to pick from. So let me know. Um, all of my social medias. I do have a Twitter now. I think I... Did I mention that already? I can't remember. I am I record my podcasts typically in one day. And in one sitting. But I tried to record yesterday. And it was so fucking hot in my room. So I ordered a fan. Hopefully it's one of those silent ones. It it says it's quiet, but I mean, we'll see. But I have to have the door shut. I can't have the windows open because there are birds just chirping. They're so fucking loud. So I can't have the window open. I also don't have central air conditioning. Because the house I live in is kind of old. <laughs> so it's hot. I will try to get my fan to be as quiet as it can be when I get it but anyways what was I saying oh yeah I do have a twitter now so it's atla podcast so a t l a podcast hello podcast here was apparently too long whatever so I have a twitter now so tweet me you can use my instagram that's hello podcast here email anything like that Let me know what your favorite part of the Kyoshi outfit is. So, going on to the creation of the Kyoshi Warriors. I'm going to focus a little bit on them. Because obviously this... I mean, this, this episode is called The Warriors of Kyoshi. So, the... What was I saying? Oh, the creation of them. So, Avatar Kyoshi, when she was the Avatar. She witnessed women just constantly being harassed by men. By, like, these really sleazy shitty men so after defending them time and time again she was like you know what I'm gonna teach these women self-defense they need to learn how to stand up for themselves be confident um so that's the that was the start of the Kyoshi Warriors um they weren't called Kyoshi Warriors before but now I mean it's been I don't know how old Kyoshi was when she died I don't know how long She lived for... I was seeing online that she was, like, over 200 years old when she died. Which is really impressive. But either way, it has been centuries of different warriors. So now, modern day, in quotes, modern day, it's called the Kyoshi Warriors. So, they are a a very exclusive group. They don't train outsiders or men. We do see that change in this episode. They are grounded at Kiyoshi Island. They don't leave Kiyoshi Island. Again, we'll see that change in a later episode, but they obviously, they're Kiyoshi warriors. They stay on Kiyoshi Island, but... So their fighting style is similar to... I'm going to butcher this. Tenzin Jutsu, which is a martial art that uses fans. And their weapons, I named all of them earlier... They're similar to samurai warriors, so it's assumed that the Kiyoshi warriors are based off of Japanese culture. And an interesting fact about the warriors is that none of them can bend. Obviously, Kiyoshi was the avatar. She could bend all four elements, but all of the members don't bend. So, the Kiyoshi island leader, I don't know if he's named or not, he's out there with with the Kyoshi warriors he's talking to Ang Saka, Katara and Momo who are all still tied up. He accuses them being Fire Nation spies. He mentions that Kyoshi Island has avoided the war, which is really impressive considering the fact that the war has been, you know, going on for 100 years. They're right next to the Southern Air Temple and the Southern Water Tribe. Both of which have been heavily targeted by the Fire Nation. So the fact that they are not involved in the war at all. And that they haven't been touched is really impressive. And I said this already. They're named after Avatar Kiyoshi. But then Aang reveals that he, he knows Kyoshi. They all laugh at him. But then he proves that he's the Avatar with airbending. So. And of course the marbles come back out. Which I I love this scene. I love the marbles. I love his face, and I I always remember this image because it then it comes back in, in the Legend of Korra, which is really cool. But one thing I noticed in the scene is that while he's spinning the marbles, if you look behind him, and uh, not Aang, uh, Sokka and Katara are obviously still tied up, but Sokka's hair is like a light gray. Like white, almost. It's super, super light, not his typical brown black hair. So, I don't know what went on there. Maybe there was a coloring error. Who knows? But, one of the most iconic characters ever to be drawn and created is the foaming mouth guy. And this is when he shows up. He is so, like, shocked and just so surprised at, that Aang is here. And he's just so emotional about airbending and seeing an airbender because again they've they've been gone for a hundred years so and Aang is the last airbender but he foams at the mouth he's screaming and then he passes out and this guy is awesome so he was originally just supposed to be like everybody else like jaw dropped like really shocked but the animators just they had a lot of fun drawing him flailing around and then foaming at the mouth that They- they kept him in and he doesn't just foam at the mouth for like a second. It's like five seconds. It's a pretty long time, so. (laughs) Then we see gossip. And it spreads like wildfire. So, there's a little girl that tells this fisherman that the avatar is on Kyoshi Island. That guy then tells a merchant. That merchant then tells, I guess, a cook or whatever. And then the cook then serves the fish. To Zuko and Iroh. So in total it takes four people. For Zuko to find out where. The avatar is. And he flips out. He doesn't eat his dinner. Poor Iroh. He's like are you going to eat that? And pointing at the fish. And Zuko takes it away from him. Which is so sad. So obviously Zuko is. Prepping to go to Kiyoshi Island. Get his armor on and everything. While Iroh waits to eat, which is really sad. <laughs> but now it's the next day. The the gang is reaping in the benefits of Aang being the Avatar. So Appa is outside <laughs> he's getting brushed and massaged and he's eating hay while he's laying down which is just so funny. It's he is a legend, but um uh, Sokka is not eating, which is very uncharacteristic of him. This only lasts a few minutes though, but uh, Katara and Aang are eating dessert for breakfast. I've never done that, I don't know about that, but clearly Momo is like really enjoying this, he's milking this shit in, like he's stealing food constantly throughout this scene, and then when Sokka walks out, Sokka also grabs food while he walks out and says that they're tasty. Um, You can see Momo underneath the table, just surrounded by all the the different pastries and whatever else he grabbed and just hounding them so so fast (laughs) it's funny because he's so little but he eats so much and actually in this the episode after this one uh he he eats a lot again to the point where he is like really fat (laughs) one thing that uh, i noticed bring up is a sneak attack so he says that the warriors snuck up on him sneaked i think it's sneaked instead of snuck i don't know the warriors sneaked up on him accuses them of a sneak attack so we'll see or hear Sokka talk about sneak attacks later on but i just wanted to bring that up so now it shows Aang you know, simple monk, whatever, but he's getting followed by these groupies of really young girls. I don't even know how old they are. I think they all vary in, in age, but <laughs> the, the scene where there's this guy that's painting, at first it's Aang, then it's a couple girls, and there's a couple more, and then he just gets so frustrated because at the end there's 15 girls that want to be in the painting with, with Aang, and that's a lot of people to paint, so I just thought that was funny, but then we pan over to the Kyoshi Warriors workout session. So a little bit about their their house. I don't know what to call it. Um it's a huge open room. There's high ceilings. One thing about Kyoshi Island is that all of the roofs are like really pointy so that the snow doesn't rest on on the roof, which is really smart because obviously snow melts and that could create Leakage and all of that stuff and that's definitely happened to me before Um my junior year of college the door to the roof Like flew open and then all of the, it was it was snowing in my house. It was about 50 degrees and it leaked through four wooden floors, which is crazy Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, So again, Kyoshi Warriors room is huge. They have decorative fans on the wall. On the one side, they have a katana and a fan on display. On the wall opposite of that, they have a Kyoshi painting hung up a little bit higher. And so there are five warriors, including Suki, when Sokka walks in. And Suki's the only one that has her... Metal headband on. So again, third time. Maybe it's the fourth. I don't know. I think it's the third time. More soccer sexism, but it's nothing that Suki can't handle. Because of course, this is what the Kyoshi Warriors were were made for. You know, they're they're here to stand up to, you know, men to stand up for themselves to stand up for their island, and their people. But so yeah, he's just saying. Oh, like, are you are you guys dancing? Like, I need a workout for men. Sokka then says that he's the best warrior in his village. Which, I mean, he's not really lying. Because all the other men in his village were, like, four years old. But obviously when his dad and the rest of the warriors come back from the war, then clearly he's not the best one. But, so... <laughs> Suki slyly asks for... A demonstration. She entertains him. And. You know. He tries to attack her. And she just fucking dominates him. She He falls to the ground. And then. He tries to attack again. And he falls again. But on. His second attempt. When he gets up. There are six warriors. Behind Suki. So. Plus Suki. There are seven. Warriors now. So. Right before this. When Sokka walked in. There were Five. So where did the other two come from? I don't know. I don't have an answer for this. Maybe they were like on the side resting or maybe getting dressed and then they walked in. I don't know. But then (laughs) Suki takes Saka. She spins him around, ties him up. And now, now there are seven warriors behind Suki. So, plus her, there is now eight Kiyoshi Warriors total. So where did the next one come from? Who knows? I have no idea. Then we leave this part and we go to the Kiyoshi statue, which is now all fixed up. It's repainted. She looks fantastic. Aang and his groupies are looking up at her. And Momo, (laughs) Momo was passed out in one of the girls' arms. Clearly he ate a lot. He's in a food coma. What a legend. So Aang goes to talk to Katara about, you know, hanging out with the girls. And she's like, I have no interest in that at all. And he accuses her of being jealous, which is true, I guess. You know, this, this episode is really centered around Katang, which is awesome. I love Katang. I ship both Katang and Zutara. I know that's probably impossible. And I know in the last episode I said I wouldn't answer that. But I answered it in the live stream that I did with the voice actors. So I'll just come out and say I love both Katang and Zutara. If Katang didn't happen, I feel like... I feel like people really would have rioted. Because how do you have Aang... I won't get into it. I will save it for later because I realize I could be spoiling things for other people. But hopefully people that are listening have already seen everything. And now this is more of just like a conversation or a recap of everything you've seen. But whatever. This episode is very much around Katang. So I love Katang and Zutara. I like Zutara a little bit more. I don't know why. I'll probably explain that at the end. But anyways... One thing I notice is that the fruits that she's picking out, the fruits and vegetables, they are, like, really high quality. They look awesome. Maybe it's just the, the coloring and the drawing of it, but it looks pretty good. And that's really cool because, again, Kyoshi Island is down in, like, near the South Pole. Like, if they can grow crops like that, or maybe, maybe they get it shipped. Shipped. Maybe they, they trade with someone else from, like, an Earth Kingdom colony or another village in the Earth Kingdom and they trade like fish for veggies I don't know I'm reading too much into that but what's interesting about this scene is that while Aang and Katara are arguing arguing I guess you know it flips back and forth between like a shot of just Katara and Aang and then a shot of Katara and then a shot of Aang but while you look at Aang obviously there's the his groupies behind him on the right but to like the left of of Aang you see this guy and this guy at first he's standing there pans back to someone like to the other angle and then it pans back to Aang and now he's kind of like waving his arms around in the air looks kind of angry you can't see his face like his back is too Ang, and it looks like he's facing like the wall or the pole and then at the last shot of him you see him like sitting on the ground with his face in his, his lap like he looks really upset really defeated like what what who is he is he okay whose man's is this like is he did he just have a fight with the wall Or the pole? Like, is someone on the other side of the building where we can't see and he's like kind of yelling at them? I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Was it foaming mouth guy? I don't know. If anybody has any insight on this, if anybody has any idea what I'm talking about, reach out to me because I want to have a conversation about him. Because... What the fuck? (laughs) Anyways, scene flips back to the Kiyoshi Warriors. Okay, now they are all practicing. Suki's in front. There are eight warriors behind Suki, totaling nine. So now we have nine, and this is the most that we'll see in the show. So I'm assuming, you know, maybe some were in the bathroom... Some were getting changed, some were eating, some just weren't there. And then now Suki's like, alright, practice time, like, let's, let's practice. And now all of them are there. I don't know. So Sokka comes in and he's just showing true vulnerability. He's literally on his knees asking to be trained by them. And if you remember what I said before, they do not train any outsiders outside of of kiyoshi island they don't train men but suki clearly has a like a little little soft spot for him pretty cute so this is the birth of suka so suka is the ship name of Sokka and suki you probably already knew that Anyways, then we flip back to Katara and Aang. So Katara is bending in a, a water bowl. So this is something that beginner water benders do. Because um, obviously they don't really know how to, how, how to water bend like a lot of water. It's obviously not very safe to bend in the bay with the Unagi. But now Aang is, you know, trying to get a rise out of Katara. Trying to get her attention again. But is like, I'm not, I'm not paying you any attention. Like, you do you. Do whatever. And they have that little argument. And then they have that classic look back where, you know, Aang looks at her and then walks out. And then Katara looks behind to see if he's still there. And he's not. Just like a classic teen movie. It's very cute. Then it flips back to Suki teaching Sokka one-on-one. So now there are no warriors around them. Zero. Besides Suki. But. (laughs) So he's doing like the steps that she clearly just taught him. And the background music is. (laughs) Is like little strums of a guitar. But all of it is kind of out of tune. It just makes me laugh so hard. Because you know he thinks he's getting it. He looks pretty good. But then he goes and shoots the fan. And it you know flies out of his hand. This part. Of how Suki teaches him. Is really interesting. So she says it's not about strength. And that you're supposed to use your opponent's force against them. Which is something that you commonly hear about waterbenders. So we'll hear about this, you know, throughout this chapter or book I should say. But also in other books too. And then she says that the fan is an extension of your arm. Which is a philosophy of sword fighting that we'll learn in book three. Also kind of in book two with Zuko alone. Does Zuko mention that? I don't remember. That's one of my favorite episodes. And then she says, wait for an opening to attack, which is part of earthbending. You know, you gotta face earthbending head on, as we'll learn Toph say in book two, but... Um, all about listening and then acting. So, it's interesting that the philosophy of the Kyoshi Warriors is, is, you know, all of, almost all the elements. Obviously they have fans, so fans are clearly a nod to airbending, so pretty cool. Well, obviously they, they were all trained, in quotes, by Avatar Kyoshi, so that's probably why it encompasses all four elements. Now we're back to the beach. Aang is floating in the water. His groupies are, in, are on the beach. He's trying to see if the unagi is going to show up so that he can show them. He tries to show them the marble trick again, but they're not impressed. My question is like, how these girls live here on Kiyoshi Island? Have they not seen the unagi before? Like, are they not allowed by this bay? I don't know. Who knows? But then we have another cute Katang moment. Katara shows up because she was genuinely worried for him. So she she just wanted to make sure that he was okay. Um, They apologize to one another and he tries to swim back. But then the Unagi comes back out and you really see its powers here. So Aang gets kind of caught up in it. So the Unagi can launch water at, like, a really high speed to deflect opponents and and people. They're carnivorous, so they'll literally eat, you know, anything that crosses its path. But, um, yeah, what happens next? Oh, so Katara goes in to save him. He's kind of knocked out. She goes into the water with her fur coat. Like, isn't that heavy? How is she able to swim with that? I mean, maybe years of practice, but that thing does not look lightweight at all. I feel like if that got soaked in water, like, it would be so heavy. But then again, she's a waterbender, so she's able to waterbend them away from the Unagi. And she saves them again. So then they end up on rocks, I guess, like, by by the beach. But while she's looking around, she sees... The Fire Nation's ship, specifically Zuko's. What's interesting about this part is that Katara, when she sees the boat, she's like, Zuko. How does she know Zuko's name? We've only seen three episodes. And the last episode, I don't think there was a run-in. Was there? Oh my god, I'm already... Like forgetting everything. No, there was not. They did not run into Zuko last last episode. Yeah, because that was the Agni Kai. Um, so the, they've only run into Zuko in the first two episodes. Like, how do how does she know Zuko's name? Because he didn't introduce himself to them. Am I wrong? Am I am I making this up? I don't know. Zuko's wearing a, a soldier helmet. This is one of the first times we see him wear one. I don't know if we see him wear one after this but clearly he's anticipating a fight but Katara waterbends the water out of Aang because clearly he swallowed some and that's kind of why he's passed out so this is the first time that we see Katara use waterbending to bend the water in someone and we'll see how else she does that in book three But this part here is very reminiscent of how she caught him in the ice in the first episode, which is so cute. Um, and then we flip back to Sokka and Suki still practicing. Momo is, like, high up in the ceiling, hanging from his tail, still eating. Like, he is not- he's not giving up on this. Like, clearly he's just gonna keep eating everything until he passes out again. Um... But then the Kiyoshi Island leader summons him to fight. He calls Sokka a girl. Whatever. <laughs> the music here starts getting really suspenseful. Obviously, it's building up to what's about to happen. Suki, that bad bitch, she goes straight for Zuko. because She does not fuck around. Like She's like, he seems like the leader. I'm gonna go right for him. But unfortunately, she gets bitch slapped by his rhino. And he's about, or Zuko is about to firebend at her, but then Sokka, to the rescue, uses his fan to deflect the firebending. So I guess the fans are able to block that. And we'll see. I think we see that in book two during that episode about Appa. Really sad. So now there are three Kyoshi Warriors surrounding Zuko, and then... He does, like, a little breakdancing move where he shoots fire out of his feet, which is really cool. One thing about this is that Dante Bosco, who's the voice of Zuko, he is an original breakdancer. He was a breakdancer back in San Francisco. And then... Oh, wait, I think I talked about this in the last episode. I did, didn't I? Anyways, Dante Bosco was a breakdancer, so that's obviously a tribute to him. My question is, are they able to firebend through their shoes? Because Zuko wears like really pointy shoes. So is he able to firebend through them? Does that not burn the shoes? I don't know. If anyone can give me insight on that, let me know. But now Aang shows up and there's the fighting music again. Just like the music from when they first fought. Aang picks up the, like, fans from one of the Kyoshi warriors. He channels his inner Kyoshi and uses the fans to blow Zuko away. So, bye bye Zuko. (laughs) Um, I got a message on Instagram from John. And he wanted me to ask, or wanted me to talk about the fans. And how it would have made more sense for them to be, like, an accessory of the airbenders. Rather than, um, so... Kiyoshi is naturally an earthbender. That's her first, like, element. Her natural element. So, it would make more sense for them to be fans. Or the fans would make more sense for the airbenders rather than earthbenders. But... I gotta find more research on this because... I don't know if Kiyoshi adopted the fans before Mastering Air or after Mastering Air. Who knows. But, I mean, that... Is a valid argument. I mean, we see here that the fans... And and Aang uses airbending with the fans to blow Zuko away. And it's very similar to how he uses his staff as well. But he can't fly with fans. He can't fly with his... Or he flies with his glider slash staff. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that the fans would make more sense for airbending? Like, why? And can people give insight as to why or if the fans were something like with the earthbenders first or with avatar Kyoshi first i'll try and do more research on this i didn't have enough time but i'll take a look at this anyway so now zuko is like knocked out he's somewhere in the village and aang escapes and while he's flying over he sees that the entire village is just on fire and it's basically destroyed which is really really sad because he's like oh shit this is all because of me isn't it and again the Kyoshi island has stayed out of the war for a hundred years and now he literally brought the war to them he literally brought the prince of the fire nation to them so really sad realization there then it flips over to such a cute suka moment i i Love Suki. Suki is going. And you'll see. She is going to be one of my favorite characters. She's tough. She's a great example of how. You know females. Can not only be warriors. But can be leaders. But she's not afraid to let her guard down. And show her feelings for Sokka. And she kisses him on on his cheek. You know he tells her, like, I should, I should have treated you like a girl. Um, you know, I treated you like a girl when I should have treated you like a warrior, which is a lot for him to say. Because again, we started out this episode with, like, hashtag soccer sexism. Like, he sucked in in the first half of this, this episode. And now he's apologizing to her. Clearly, there's, there's, Something going on here. There's a lot of character development for him. But also a potential relationship. Who knows? Just kidding. We all probably know. But <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just great. Like she can be this great warrior. But at the end of the day she's still a girl. And she can still have those crushes. So I don't know. Suki's just she's great. And I love that Mike and Brian included warriors like an all-female warrior group in the fourth episode like that's that's awesome like as a kid watching that is was really cool so anyways where are we now oh yeah so Suki tells them to fly away like goodbye for now so they fly away on the Appa and as they're flying you see another aerial view of Kiyoshi Island but now it's like all in flames My question is, where the fuck is the Fire Nation ship? Where is Zuko's ship? Are they docked, like, on another side of the island where they're not near the Unagi? Like, do they even know that the Unagi's there? Where's the ship? Like, what? What? Oh, well. So, yeah. So, now the the village is still up in flames. Aang jumps headfirst into the water. Super fucking scary. I was like, well, what is he doing? But he takes control of the Unagi. And as he does this, you hear the opening theme music, which is awesome. It always gives me chills and goosebumps. But he uses the Unagi to spray the water over the village so that they he extinguishes the, the flames. Which is great. I mean, naturally, he would have done that as a waterbender, but he doesn't know how to waterbend yet, so... <laughs> then it pans over to Zuko and his men, they're all crammed on one rhino and they are drenched, which is hilarious, but so then the group, you know, flies away and evades Zuko once again. And Sokka oh I forgot to mention, Sokka's makeup is off, he rubbed it off on his new Kiyoshi Warrior outfit, and that's the last time you see him wear that outfit, I think. And yeah, that's that's the end of the episode. So, for me, the showstopper of the episode was when Suki just, like, completely owns Sokka and just proves him wrong. That, you know, girls can fight, girls are warriors, I'm the one that took you down and I can do it again. And she does it, like, three times, which is hilarious. Obviously, my favorite character in the episode is Suki. I think Suki is awesome. I think she's so great. And she's so pretty. She's so pretty. With or without makeup, she's so pretty. But we'll see her without makeup. In towards the end of book two. Um, overall opinion of the episode, I think it's great. I don't. I don't know. It's so hard to distinguish. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, it's hard to distinguish what if if these episodes are filler episodes or if they're like main parts of of the story. So because we're only in the fourth episode. So I I think this this isn't a filler episode because we see a lot of Kyoshi warrior stuff in the future without spoiling anything. So this sets up a lot of um, this just sets things up for for the future. So I don't think this is a, a filler episode. But I thought it was really good. It's great to meet them. The, the Unagi freaked me out, which is fine. Um, it's hard to animate something like that. Um, what else? Yeah, I just think it was a really good episode. I I really liked it. And you're not going to hear me say I hate an episode of Avatar because I don't, I don't hate a single episode. Um, (laughs) so I did have some questions, or not me, people asked me some questions. So what is my opinion on Suka? Or Saka and Suki. I sometimes don't like saying Suka because I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I'm Filipino. So my mom taught me Suka. Or I probably mispronounced that. Suka. Um, wow, I'm really not saying that right. I'm I'm saying it in my head with my mom's voice. But basically Suka is throw up in Tagalog. So I don't like saying Suka because it reminds me of that. But anyways, I love Sokka and Suki together. I think they complement each other really well. You know, Sokka needs a girl that's going to be able to ground him and teach him, you know, not to be sexist. And and to respect women. Respect his sister. and, And, you know, at the same time have a lot of fun. And Suki is obviously very serious um you know she she definitely had fun um you know making a fool out of Sokka but you know she's the leader of the Kyoshi Warriors and a really elite group and she's been training to be a warrior you know since she was young so she needs someone that can make her have fun so we'll see a lot more of them in future episodes and I just I love Suki I think she's great I think she fits in really well with with everybody so I already answered the next question, the favorite part of the Kiyoshi outfit, the makeup. It's awesome. Um, And then not really related to this episode, someone asked me about the potential of a season four of Avatar and my opinion on it. They've said, they, as in Brian Knitsko and Michael Dante DiMartino, they've said from the beginning, since they pitched the idea of Avatars, that there was only going to be... Three seasons. And. Nothing more. Nothing less. The reasoning for that. And Michael. Or not Michael. uh, Brian put it in a really great way. Like. No one wants to watch. The never ending story. Like that's going to take forever. It's going to be really boring. So having a definitive end. To Avatar. Was always the goal. And I think they wrapped it up. Beautifully. I personally don't see and need for season four because it would just i don't know it would have to be done very carefully i think um i have (laughs) i have my ipad sitting on all of the avatar comics here so i mean if you really wanted a season four you could just read these i know other people's argument is like well if they made comics can't they make a season four it's very different um, it takes nine months to create one episode of Avatar. I don't think it takes that long to make one comic of Avatar. So, yeah. That's that's it on season four. In that there's not going to be one. Um, and then any news on the live action? So, I think the live action was announced... When was it announced? Like 2018, 2019? I don't remember. Long time ago. Um, So it's going to be on Netflix, which is awesome. Brian and Michael had a joint statement. They said, you know, they're excited to bring this to life with Netflix and to bring a, a culturally appropriate cast on board as well. So it's kind of like a dig at the the live action movie the last airbender so which i'm excited about because i think i mentioned this before everything is blending together like i can't remember if i've talked about something probably repeating myself a lot but you know i think it's i'm excited to have a show you know where there's people that are you know chinese that are japanese that are of inuit culture just people that match what was shown on, on the animation. And, yeah, I mean, and again, I'm Filipino. It would be great to see people that kind of look like me on on TV. And, you know, there are obviously, you know, Korean TV shows. And there's Filipino shows as well. But for something this big, I think, and so co- I don't know, like... It, people are waiting for this. People from all over the world are are anticipating this. So, to see people that look like me would be awesome. And, you know, Crazy Rich Asians was awesome. I love that movie. Parasite, I mean, broke records this year. I mean, this is a great time for Asian American culture. Or just Asian culture in general. So, I'm excited about that. But there's no news other than the fact that... um, When COVID hit, uh, Brian, I think he posted on Twitter, he was like, I'm sorry that we haven't really said anything about it. Everything has been postponed because of COVID. So nothing is being shot, you know, in LA or, or just in general, nothing's being produced. So we don't have any idea as to who has been cast. I'd love to see who gets to play what i I read that they would be shooting in like Vancouver and in Alaska and also in Hawaii. I don't know how true those sources are, but yeah Brian and Mike are involved, which is great. They said that Nick uh Netflix is giving them like a lot of freedom like a lot of creative freedom to do what they they want and what which is great because obviously they're the ones that created this world. Like, it's awesome that they, they have them making it. So, they also said that they're going to try to get Dante Bosco involved somehow because uh, he's the voice of Zuko. He has such an iconic voice and just really brings Zuko to life. And then in Korra, he plays a general. Um, I know some people haven't seen Korra, so I'm going to save that. I won't say who he plays, but whom he plays. So he's been involved in in both. So to have him involved in the live action would be awesome. I don't know who he's going to be playing. I don't know what he's going to be doing. That's something that I've heard. I don't know. So I don't know too much about, about the live action. There really hasn't been a lot of info on it. So hopefully we'll see some more stuff as things progress. I hope everything progresses um yeah that's that's it that's all I got for you guys today this is a longer podcast fuck I'm really trying to keep this under an hour but I have a feeling this one's going to be a lot longer I haven't edited anything yet but this is definitely going to be longer well yeah that's that's it for book one chapter four the Warriors of Kyoshi which is super exciting thanks again and then next week, we will break down Book One, Chapter Five, The King of Omashu. As always, thanks again for listening in and sending me things to talk about. Write an email to Hello Podcast Here at gmail.com for any questions, feedback, or things you want to hear about for future episodes. Follow me on Instagram at Hello Podcast Here and on Twitter at Atla Podcast, that's A T L A Podcast, for all the latest updates. Disclaimer I am not associated with Nickelodeon, Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Horror, or anything related to the contents discussed in this podcast. I'm not being paid to talk about or promote Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm just a fan of the show. Hello Podcast here, an Avatar Podcast party is created using the Anchor app.